Hey, welcome to Mimi. I'm Mel. I created Mimi as a safe space for creativity, a place for creatives to come together, get inspired, and find help through accessible coaching, free resources, and fun workshops and masterclasses on everything from branding, surface design, illustration, and more. The Mimi podcast is basically a really good excuse for me to chat with amazing people, from illustrators and designers to photographers, makers, and more. In today's episode, I'm chatting to Anna Gammon. Anna is a wonderful designer and illustrator whose work I'm truly jealous of. Her sense of colour, composition and her animation skills are amazing. We discuss her life juggling a full-time job as a designer and the building of her illustration career on the side. We also talk about how she deals with art theft, what she thinks of AIR and her dream project to build a farm in Greece. I loved exchanging ideas with Anna and I hope you'll enjoy this conversation too. <laughs> perfect it works <laughs> how are you hey very good how are you i'm good so excited to um talk to you yes same i love your monstera it's looking amazing behind you <laughs> thank you yeah this is uh my baby <laughs> i bought it like it was this small i think from um from ikea and yeah i let it grow super big it's been through different pots like from small to bigger and bigger uh, so yeah very very proud of it it's amazing so I saw that you were born in Bucharest what kind of child were you so yeah I grew up in Bucharest so I'm a kind of a city kid and I think growing up as a child um, I was always like super happy super positive seeing the the good in everything Um, I was also like a bit of a nerdy kid. <laughs> I was, uh, let's say, more interested in kind of doing good at school and drawing, less in sports and stuff like that. Growing up in Romania, I I think that's had a, an influence over, over how I am now as an adult and made me be a bit more humble and more modest just because like I didn't grow up during communism but my parents did so they kind of brought me up with this this notion of you have to appreciate the things you have and you have to sort of be grateful for what you have <laughs> because uh, back then like when they were living through through those times it wasn't so easy to find uh, things so um, but otherwise growing up there was super fun um, family is really important so you get spoiled like you get to eat whatever you want and uh, you always you're surrounded by people that love you and um, that's amazing <laughs> and what else yeah I think as a kid I was always kind of drawn to drawing I think probably all creatives have this story it wasn't until later that this I considered this as an actual career uh, so it was always just a hobby something that I would do but never really thought that I could make it into a career uh, so I'm very very happy about that <laughs> that I've, I kind of reached that point and yeah it was like I was getting sort of prizes at school for art and they didn't mean much back then but now I realized that you know it was a sign I think yeah so you definitely were a very creative child what I'm interested in as well is like how you arrived to what you're at now knowing that you're in Luxembourg now but you've traveled loads before you moved all around and you're a designer but you're also an illustrator what was the journey to moving there and how did you start your career as well I think it was 2008 that Romania joined the EU so suddenly a lot of doors opened for everyone and so my mom was one of those people that got a 
uh, a job at the European Commission. She asked me basically, do you want to come with me, uh, leave kind of Romania and come and uh, yeah, join me in Luxembourg? I was 18 at the time, so I was really at a kind of crossroads in my life. I was going to go study architecture, so I was really on a different path. But then this opportunity came up and I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's see what Luxembourg has to offer. It must be so different. So I was really curious to see how it is to live in a different country. So as my mom got a job at the commission, that also meant that I would join the European school. So I kind of did two years at the European school, which was an amazing experience. Just suddenly, you know, from being in a class with 20 Romanian kids, I was in a class with like someone from Sweden, someone from Poland, someone from the UK. So it was amazing, like such a good experience to open up your horizons and to really be more empathetic as well, because you learn how to talk to the people from different backgrounds and how to listen to them and definitely I think that makes you more of an empathetic person and so yeah that that's how I moved <laughs> to Luxembourg and then I well it was time for me to go to uni so a lot of the teachers that I had were suggesting I go to the UK and so that's where I went and I was also very interested in finding a way to sort of mix art with something that I felt was more critical thinking or somehow more grounded let's say, like not so artistic, but had a very practical or functional point. Uh, and so at the European school, I sort of found out about graphic design and I was like, yes, this is this is what I want to do. It's exactly that kind of merging between the, the art world and the, you know, the client brief, answering the client brief, uh, doing all the research behind that and really coming up with a solution that uh, wants to a need. So I felt, yes, that that's what I want to do. Uh, and so I moved to Leeds in the UK to study graphic and communication design. And that was a very cool experience, I would say. Very different. So very different from how I, I was being taught before, because it was all about uh, you doing the work. Of course, the teachers would give you the means and you would have the sort of theoretical lessons and a lot of practical uh, work. But at the end of the day, it was you doing most of the work. You had to be interested in the subject. You have to kind of uh, do it yourself, otherwise you're never going to learn. And I think that's a very good approach, especially for design, because a lot of the way people learn is through experimenting. And also, like, if you think about the softwares, you have to, like, go in there and spend three, four hours and just mess around with it. And you're going to learn so much. Uh, so I think this approach really worked for me. I found that those three years really gave me the tools to immediately go out in the world and, and find a job. Actually, I had a job during uni, a part-time job uh, at the Leeds University Union. Uh, so that was pretty cool, gaining that practical experience experience besides my studies. After that, I came back to Luxembourg because I felt like this was my grounding place or like a place where I could feel at home. Uh, I felt that in the UK, I didn't have that. So I decided to come back and had like a first job at a very small company, kind of a startup, and they were doing photo booths. So the, the job was basically to do the website of this photo booth company and to help them with the design of the layouts of the photos, things like that. It was cool. I learned a lot of French during that time because most of the clients were French. You know, you don't necessarily do like a lot of the stuff that you think you would do, but still it has an impact on you. And after that, I was kind of craving to go to learning environment again. Uh, so I, I went uh, for a master's in Scotland. And this time I went for a marketing master's because I felt like, okay, I've learned stuff about design and I can, I can do it. I can also get 
like freelance clients at that time, I had already started a little bit this. So I really wanted this sort of marketing side to things because that also kind of helps you to build a business. So I think back then I, I didn't know I was already probably thinking about having my own business or doing something along those lines. So uh, I went back and uh, again, this was a nice experience because every time you travel, every time you take yourself outside of your comfort zone, I think that like a growth period ultimately, because <laughs> you, you have to deal with like a new place, new friends, new things. So every time you, you get a lot of inspiration from that and yeah, you grow. It's so good that you did that. So then what happened? Did you come back to Luxembourg again? Yes, exactly. I, I came back to Luxembourg um, again, looking for a job. <laughs> um, and well, truth is in Luxembourg, there's not a lot of um, creative uh, jobs. It's not like it's like London or Paris. Uh, there's actually more jobs in banking or finance, which was where I actually ended up getting a job, but a creative job nonetheless. Uh, so I am currently still a graphic designer at the European Investment Fund. And it's been very cool, like very cool experience. Um, it sounds like a boring job, but it's not because we do a lot of different campaigns. We try to be basically as the like super creative startups that we are funding. It is a really cool experience to work in this environment. But after that, during the pandemic, I found myself craving something else. So that's around the time I started doing illustration on the sides. It's probably when I got my iPad and I uh, downloaded Procreate, I guess like a lot of people, it's the same story. Like Procreate is the thing that <laughs> makes you really, really try new things. And I realized, yeah, I really, really love illustration. I think this is like the next step as a designer because, well, let's say as a designer, I like responding to client briefs. I think those are really, really important. But sometimes you end up doing designs that maybe you don't agree with just because the client wants something or you're not able maybe to steer the design where you want it. But as an illustrator, I feel like you have a lot more control over that because when you someone hires you as an illustrator, they hire you for your style and for your unique perspective on things. So you're not there just kind of moving pixels and doing the work for the client, but really there to bring your own voice to it. So I think it's really the ideal place. Just to say how I got so much into illustration now is because I am currently uh, on a sabbatical. So a, a time off from work to really sort of explore illustration and to see how far I can get. So this is kind of where I'm at now. I mean, I can't believe you only started illustrating like two years ago because your style is so, I mean, I love, I love your stuff. It's so nice. And I always look at it and I go, oh, I wish I could do that. And, uh, you know, we always have that. But um, yeah, it's so defined. And for sure, your designer's brain has helped you get to this point. It's just suddenly your creativity has like switched to illustration and now you're pouring all this experience into it. And I think that's why it's looking so great as well. There's a few things I'm curious about. Do you feel like graphic design is influencing your style a lot? Yeah, so let me just say that I'm a super big fan of your work. <laughs> like exactly what you said, I feel like the same about your work. It's always super on point and you're doing so many things. Like I'm always amazed at all the challenges you're doing. Like you started this amazing creative creative directory and now giving mm -hmm. advice to people I think that's amazing oh, and you. like your work is so I love the design element in your mm -hmm. work like I yeah. feel like you're doing a very good job at integrating the two worlds and now to come back to what you asked me yeah I, I, I do feel like there is an influence uh, from design into my work I think I started off being more kind of rigid maybe more flat style more geometric and now I'm exploring a bit more expressive things characters that have more facial features or different angles 
styles in my compositions. So it's not just like a flat style, but maybe it's a perspective. I'm exploring those things, but I think this is where design comes in. I want to bring it back to my style or bring it back to my universe. And it's almost like branding in a way, because I've branded myself with a set of elements, colors, things that define my style. Maybe it's sort of intuition, but in my head, I know what those things are. And if I go too far away, I kind of bring myself back. But I always try to experiment and see how far I can push it. For me, also, when you think about the client side of things, not maybe just not the, the creative part, but the client part, I think design brings that knowledge that you can uh, have a conversation with a client before you actually start the work and you set out all the things that you need to discuss with them. Like, what exactly do you need? The brief, what are you trying to say? What's your audience? All these things are important in an illustration as well as for design. So the fact that I knew them from the design world just uh, kind of helps me. What are you thinking of doing when that sabbatical ends? Very good question. Yeah. I mean, for a while I was juggling both of them before I got this sabbatical and it was challenging, which is the reason why I got the sabbatical in the end. Yeah, I found myself kind of finishing my work day and then jumping on to a client brief or jumping on to an Instagram challenge or because the reality is Instagram also takes up a lot of your time, even though it's not bringing in actual money. <laughs> so yeah, the, the plan is at the moment, to be very, very honest with you, the client work, let's say it's not enough to cover my needs at the moment because me and my partner, we bought a house in Greece. <laughs> we want to live the farm life and the fruit forest yes we're going to uh, talk about that this. We have. yeah <laughs> i'm very excited <laughs> so yeah we, we got a mortgage so there's this um, kind of pressure to to have a income stream that's uh, predictable and that you can rely on so for the moment i think i'm going to I mean, i'm sure i'm going to come back to my job and continue doing illustration as a sighting. And my focus, my main focus will be to really be very selective of the projects I do, the clients I work with. And I'm hoping that way I can still pursue it and I can still grow as an illustrator, maybe not as fast as, you know, if I would be full-time. At some point in my life, I know I'm going to transition. I, I'm determined to do this. It's not now, but it's no worries. You know, we're all on different paths and it really depends yeah, where you are, where you live as well. So Yeah, I think it's such a wise choice because I would say you could quit your job and go full-time freelance illustrator and you would, like you said, you would progress faster because you would be stressed about it. So you'd be like, oh my God, no, I don't have a job anymore. I need these projects coming in. But then I love the way you're doing it because if you're being selective, it means you're going to grow, you might grow slower but you're going to have only projects that actually really define your style and what you want to do. So, you know, in two, three years, you might have less projects, but these projects you're going to have in your portfolio will be so good and exactly what you want to do. So I think it's, a yeah, it's the best bet. And then, so we have to talk about Greece now. I feel like it's like 10 questions ahead, but it's okay because you've mentioned it. I read somewhere that your biggest dream was to have like a farm and grow things. And I was like, what is this? I want to know all about it. So tell me about Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been in the making for yeah years, I think. It's probably a direct response to the fact that I've always lived in a city, um, even as we mentioned before, like I grew up in Bucharest, which is like a big city, two million inhabitants, like Luxembourg is a bit smaller and definitely has more nature around it. But I've always felt this need to kind of have the space and yeah, a means to sustain myself without uh, relying on someone else, you know, as much as possible. Of course, <laughs> I don't know if it's 100% possible, oh, but that's the dream. Yeah, to go there, have like a solar paneled house, uh, have a garden with loads of uh, fruit trees, Chicken, definitely. Mm. Chicken. You're going to have goats? <laughs> For eggs. What about goats? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. This is so nice. <laughs> 
Where's the house? Uh, so it's south uh, of Athens uh, in the Peloponnese region. It's very close to the sea, yeah. So we get to see the sea from our plot of land. <laughs> Amazing. Now you just need good Wi-Fi. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, because, I mean, now it's actually a possible dream if you think about it. With remote work, like you can probably do everything you can do from a city somewhere like completely remote and surrounded by goats and chickens so definitely I mean you know I live by the sea obviously I'm in a town but I I'm close to London but I never go there and most of my clients aren't in London and I never see them I mean I see them on zoom but you know so you could be Greece they don't care if anything they would love it because that's something as well that weirdly the way things are going as well with the creative industry and especially for illustrators is your personality and who you are and what you do next to your work matters now almost as much as your work because people will come to you and be like oh your style's amazing oh my god you live on a farm in Greece oh this is so cool we're gonna do something about that you know they will which is kind of weird I know it's kind of like taking something very pure and like trying to monitor it but in a in a weird way they will find it really cool I mean I know that's not what you're doing it but I'm just saying it's completely possible and it's so nice that you're going to do something like that so when are you going to move there uh well realistically probably in a few years so we still have to finish the house it's like a brick house for the moment it doesn't have uh, much in it <laughs> so we have to renovate it and really do all the work but we're super excited about that look forward to kind of getting our hands dirty starting the garden that's <laughs> yeah so, so it's cool. definitely one of those like long-term dreams that you kind of chip away slowly and there's no pressure and <laughs> just do it in your own time and yeah, yeah, just like your but illustration I, career. You've got you've got it right. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I was I was gonna touch on something that you said that I thought was really interesting how now clients look at yourself, your personality, and, and that's now become quite a big part of our jobs because it's I've seen so many like cool projects that are about the illustration, about the work, but then they merge the life of the designer, their interests, their maybe location, as you say, into the whole mix. And, and it's really cool. I think I, it's like almost an extension of your work yourself. You are seen as someone who could bring value. Anything you do. And I always tell illustrators now, you need to be drawing and making things about what you love, you know? So you love farming or plants and someone might love cooking loads and they need to put it in their work. It's like whatever you're into, you need to bring it in because that's what's going to make your work so unique and that's what clients are going to like. And obviously, like you're saying, they're using it to sell. And actually, that's something yeah. I wanted to ask you. What would be your dream illustration project? All right, yeah, that's super, super cool question. Um, so I think I have a couple of parameters. Um, the first would be for it to be with a company that I align with the values. So someone who cares about their workers, who cares about uh, the materials that they're using in the product. So I don't have like a specific product in mind, but I'm thinking, yeah, definitely, you know, something that um, aligns with the concerns that we have uh, nowadays, you know, about climate change, about things being fair. So yeah, definitely a company that feels right. <laughs> that would be the first parameter. Um, second, uh, it's about the communication that you have with the client. So I've had a few sort of projects where the communication just wasn't that great you know I feel like it's important to have the respect on both sides so that your work feels valued also at the right price uh, for what you're offering um, and that there is a collaboration that you know ideas flow from one to another it's just not just 
someone telling you you have to do this and then you you achieve it and that's it so definitely more of a collaborative uh, feeling um and then yeah something to do i think with branding i would love to do that because one of my favorite projects from the past was branding focused and i really enjoyed it so that would be sort of my dream project <laughs> but i have so many like kind of ideals to look up to and that's probably what i like about illustration because you can dream you can really like see your your stuff on so many things on products but also on a mural or, or like in crazy situations where your work is also a video or an animation so it's it's almost infinite that's very exciting and, and talking about animation the latest project you did which was a little animation frame by frame of your interpretation of the jungle book tell me more about this because you've been doing a bit of animation as well and now that i know that you've only been illustrating for three years i'm just mind blown because you've been doing so many amazing bits and animation is not an easy thing to to learn or master. So yeah, tell me about the animation side of your work. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that was that was actually a really cool cool project. I it's on the top there with the animation, and um, I would say that the fact that it was twenty four frames really helped me in a way because I knew I could something a bit more uh, complex because I knew exactly how frames there would be. So. You know, when you're starting out, if you feel like you have to do a two minute thing, it's gonna like you're gonna feel lost. So the fact that it was 24 really made me do the most I could do with that little that I had. So I would say that turned out really great. Um, but yeah, I think my animation journey started at uni when I started messing around with After Effects. Well, I was in this Romanian society and one of the projects that we were discussing is how to promote Romania to um, foreigners so that they don't you know, so that they see like what Romania has to offer um, and really understand where we're coming from. So uh, I took it upon myself to do this explainer video in the style of uh, motion typography, but mixed with some sort of like graphic elements and illustration. And I spent the whole summer, like I had a summer in Leeds. I don't know why <laughs> I didn't go back home. I think it was just, I wanted to like get a bit more of the experience of living in the UK. So I, I chose to spend the summer there and I used my time to like do this After Effects animation. And I think that really helped me to, to jump into the world of animation and find what it means to tell a story through motion. And also timing, like your timeframes, how does the animation move, you know, like making it ease in or all that stuff that I think, well, animators and motion designers know a lot more than I do, but it's cool to jump into it and to try it. And um, I found that with illustration, I prefer to do frame by frame. Frame by frame is like so cool, <laughs> especially with Procreate, because you have that ability to see what was behind, what was before and what's going to come after. So you can really plan your animation very easily. And um, I feel like frame by frame just makes it more rough, more raw, a bit more like a natural feeling. And you can also see all the the brushes, the strokes, you know, I don't see After Effects kind of doing the same for me. So yeah, yeah, I really, really love animation. And I think I would tell people that you don't have to start super big, you know, you can start with something very small, like a GIF or a few frames and try to mess around with it, try to make it feel very natural. And yeah, that's, it's going to add a lot of value to your work, also to your Instagram content, I would say. When it comes to animation for clients, they usually love it. It's definitely something that is going to be on the forefront in the, in the coming years to be able to do animation as an illustrator, which is amazing and slightly annoying personally because oh, I don't have time, but I guess I'm going to have to make time for it because it does 
add a lot to the experience of our work and it's so lovely again that little jungle book frame by frame animation you've done is so nice i think you can also like collaborate with a motion designer because i've seen a lot of these collabs and the result is very cool because the illustrator can focus on the illustration and then the designer just uh, the motion designer just adds you know all the stuff with motion because they're so good at that and the result is like wow it would take you forever to achieve that as one person but as two it's yeah it's a good it's point cool. it's a good point you can definitely collaborate it's it's something to keep in mind and i think for anyone that's very intrigued by it or is already you know quite good with animation it's definitely something you want to work on because there's more illustrators than animators and if you can be both, that definitely will put you, you know, on top of lists when clients pick their illustrators. So I was wondering, again, I feel like a lot of my questions were about your balance between your work and your freelance work. But I didn't know you were just chilling, enjoying all the time on your, you know, on your year off work. But you've been working on, on some illustration projects with clients. Yeah, so I've been sort of focusing on growing my account, but at the same time trying to book as many clients because it was almost like a kind of test period to really see how this can work in real life. And I'm aware it takes more than a few months to really see if this can work. So again, it's about time, like giving yourself enough time to really like gather all the clients and to make the connections and to, yeah, to let your, your work be seen outside. And that will obviously bring more clients in. So yeah, it was a bit of a playground. <laughs> it still is now a playground. But yes, I've had some client work. So I've had this, um, this frame by frame animation, which was part of an exhibition here in Luxembourg, uh, which was really cool. It was a paid job. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, then I'm, I, I did work with a company from Germany, but also with headquarters in Luxembourg on a newsletter illustration, which I haven't shared yet, but that was a very cool project that happened in December. Then I'm now working on a set of cat illustrations, which I absolutely love. It's just the best, like just drawing cats. And I hope I'm going to share that soon with the world. So that's a, a project for packaging for a brand that's selling containers. So they basically sell containers with food inside as a service. You eat the food and then you give back the container. So it's a pretty cool concept. Again, aligns with my ideals. So great, great overall client and just cool to be able to draw cats. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I know how sometimes you get asked to draw really crazy cool things and you're like oh this is my job I just draw like fish and little octopus and cats and you know random things it is such a dream job in many ways that's nice that you've been able to work this past year on so many different projects as well it's nice variety of things is there something you've been wanting to do what what's on your list before you go back to work okay right so I have a few things on my list um the first one is to maybe I hope I don't know it's 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 a big one uh, to launch a Skillshare class uh on frame by frame animation so uh, it's really something that I enjoy doing and I think uh, I've had people asking me about it so I think maybe there's some demand for it and yeah having a Skillshare class feels like a very good way to have passive income especially as I will go back to my full-time job this will be a good way to have that passive income and to yeah without have, having to put in the time that I will most likely not have. So that's one on, on my to-do list. Um, the second is to open up my webshop. Uh, so my 
own web shop at the moment. I have a print shop that's being handled by a third party. So they, they do the printing and the shipping for me, which is great. But I really want more control over my web shop and I want to be able to sell different things. So not just prints, but I also want to like maybe at some point in the future, I'll do brushes or, or a typeface or stuff like that or digital products. So I want to be able to have everything in one place. I have a few more client projects that I need to finish before that. And then I'm, I'm pretty open, to be honest. I don't want to put too much pressure on me because the sabbatical was also a time to kind of relax a little bit. I know I haven't done much of that <laughs> because I've just been like, ah, need to create stuff. But overall, I feel super proud, especially about my Instagram account. It's grown. I think I was at 10K when I started the sabbatical and now I'm at 50K. So I'm super, super proud of of that and I don't know if you wanted to talk about like content types or stuff like that but um, I think it's all to do with reels so I think reels really revolutionized the reach that you can have especially nowadays because everything changed from back when I started when yeah it was still possible to do static content but nowadays you cannot really just do that you have to do reels to reach more people um, and so yeah it's it's been really fun doing reels because it is a form of storytelling and uh, yeah especially with the animation stuff I can really show the whole process like from start to finish and it's just great it's just also for yourself you know you kind of it's almost like creating a portfolio piece where you show everything you've done from the sketch to the thinking to the final solution so making that into like a nine second video is quite cool quite challenging but it's nice and let's see if i'll be able to keep it up afterwards <laughs> you'll just see how you feel i guess um but it's an interesting point I, I don't really do reels, but also I'm not really fast about growing my account. The advice I give people for that when they care about it, and I understand why you'd care about it. I used to care, and I think obviously when you get to a certain point, then you get a little bit less, but also I don't have time to think about it much. And also I don't have time to make reels. But like you said, you seem to really enjoy it. So it's like if you enjoy making videos or thinking that way, do it. But then a lot of people try to do it and they hate it and then it depresses them because it doesn't work. And I'm like, well, don't do that either. But I think it's about finding what works for you, I guess. And again, I understand why people would want more followers. It is a way to reach to, you know, reaching out to new people and people seeing your work. But also I've found that now it's more about being on loads of different platforms as well. So it's not just having one platform. It's trying to be on, you know, Pinterest and LinkedIn and Behance and news having a newsletter, all these things and picking the ones that work for you. I'm bad at most of them. But anyway, it's not about me. I'm just saying you don't have to be on top of each of them. Uh, it's just finding the ones that make you happy. But yeah, it's nice to hear that reels have done well for you. And yeah, I love, I remember seeing your reel for that little animation and seeing you do it and it looks amazing. I feel like iPads have made it easier for people to show their process as well because it's all contained in a screen that you can actually kind of shoot from above and show what you're doing. It is really lovely to see that process. So a little bit of behind the scenes, I guess, that we don't have with a lot of people. But that's something you said, actually, that reminded me, you know, you said about taking the time also to rest which you haven't been doing. That's one thing about freelance, like full-time freelance life that I've found hard is that because you're constantly hustling, because you have to, you just, if you don't put in rest or holidays where you have to go, you just never do it because you're always working, always thinking of new projects, always thinking, oh, I need to do this and that to get more clients, more work. I feel like you might have to find that balance as well when you start working again, not to overload yourself with things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I also as an illustrator, I found that I was... Um, 
um, thinking about what if a project comes up and I'm on holiday, you know, um, so the, like the client never knows when you're on a holiday. So this is the advantage of having, let's say, like a full time job when you're on holiday, you are on holiday and no one bothers you. Um, and everyone knows and, you know, your projects will go around. For me, when I finally transition, that will be one of the challenges to really set that time because otherwise you burn out, like you have to take time off. That's definitely <laughs> yeah. important. I think um, for the, you know, you were saying about clients not knowing when you're on holiday. To be fair, you could figure out a way of like checking your emails like once a week. And then if you see that there's a new project that has come up, you can email them and say, hey, I'm away, but send me more details or whatever, you know, because there's, some projects always take ages to actually start. They'll reach out to you and then you're like, oh, okay, tell me more. And then a week later, they're like, oh, so this is it. And then a week later, you're like, oh, so this is my quote. And, you know, it will take a few weeks. So I think you can still go and travel and be on holiday and just try to go, you know, around it. You're kind of answering emails just in case without being always on your phone checking emails. But you know what I mean. So you don't have to miss out on things. I think you can still manage to do both. That's really good advice. Yeah. Definitely. Like you just spend a few minutes, check your emails and no stress, you know, just uh, just keep an eye on uh, maybe an email that comes and it's interesting. And <laughs> yeah. Some people yeah. only check the emails once a week when they're not on holiday, like just normal freelancers. Some people do that and I don't know how they do it because I just check them all the time. But um, because they just have you know, boundaries on when they're creating and when they're writing emails, which is fair. But I think clients shouldn't assume that we're going to answer straight away. It's not just freelance life. It's like everybody assumes that things need to be answered straight away, um, which is quite unhealthy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I also get this feeling like, oh, I've received an email like last week on Friday. Now it's Monday already. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I should have already answered. And that's not like, it's okay. It can be like two or three days there. It's no worries. <laughs> but but we do have this feeling like oh, we have to be there and we have to seem like we're very engaged and very like fast. It's not okay <laughs> at the end. To, yeah, at the it's, end, it's not okay. But I mean, it's also good to be reactive. Oh, it's, it's a bit of a, what's the expression? The snake biting is still. And you need to be reactive, but you also don't want to be stressing yourself out. So it's finding that balance. But anyway, switching gears a bit, I wanted to know what you're up to when you're not working. Okay. <laughs> um, so I spend a lot of time with my black cat. <laughs> Maybe it's obvious also from some of the posts. Um, yeah, I have a little black cat that I really love and uh, we spend a lot of time like cuddling. I spend time with my friends. So we go out uh, usually just like for a dinner or drinks afterwards. Um, I think it's important to have like that social element, especially now. I don't have that much connection because I'm on sabbatical. So I've really pushed to kind of meet my friends and be more active on that side. So I think it's it's also part of like just being balanced uh, with everything. I do yoga. Um, I do sports. Uh, nothing like in particular, but just to keep healthy and keep uh, sort of feeling good. Because, uh, you know, whenever you do sports, there's that feeling afterwards that you're like so happy and um, just relaxed. So that's why I do it basically <laughs> um and then yeah why don't I I feel like I, I do a lot of different things like I, I don't have like a clear passion that I go to besides my illustration so I, I I feel like illustration is both yeah a passion and a job almost so I would tend to like if I have some free time just do a bit of drawing for myself I'm the same I get told off 
I get told to get off the computer, Mel. Ah, I can. Why why can I stay on there and draw forever and ever? But you're right. We need to be social and it's so important. And yeah, coming back to sports and yoga and all these things. Yeah, when you're not seeing people, if you're working from home, yeah, you need to get out there and do something for your body and your mind is so important. And thinking about the mind, I saw recently that you had some struggles with people stealing your work. I wanted to know what happened and what you did and if you have any advice to help people because that's been happening a lot. I had two issues. They happened at the same time. So I found out like of one one day and the next, the next day. So one of them was uh, a fashion brand really copying my illustrations, like almost one-to-one and just changing the colors and putting that into reels and posts. The first thing I did was to take a step back because I was feeling very sort of emotional and I wanted to react immediately. But my partner told me like just take a day and think about how you want to react maybe ask a few friends and like ask around how would people deal with this sort of thing and so I did and I I asked uh, a lawyer uh, one of my friends is a lawyer and she actually told me that you can do uh, an IP violation report on Instagram. So there are ways to sort of tackle this on the platform. I did that and at the same time I also reached out to the the account and told them You know, I put side by side comparisons with my work and what they were doing and told them that this is copyright infringement and it's not legal and they should take down the content or pay me if they want to continue using it. They didn't respond, but the content was gone. I guess I got some sort of positive response, but I wouldn't say like I would have preferred for them to apologize, but I guess it's too much to expect from these people. Um, And so the second one was um, actually the the company T Public, their platform where you can sell merch. Uh, they reached out to me because they found this new account that was selling my illustrations on t-shirts and they were even using my name which is felt really like a violation of my own personal privacy and everything. It's just crazy. Um, but yeah, they reached out to see if I was the one starting that account and I said no. <laughs> like, thanks for reaching out. Yes, can you please take it down? And so it got taken down. But honestly, like, I don't know how many other instances of this stuff is happening out there that you don't even know about so it's hard it's hard to protect yourself and now especially with ai i think it's even crazy what's happening and our work is gonna be used like it's gonna get put into these databases from which the ai feeds and you're gonna see parts of your work maybe merge with other people's work it's very intrusive very it feels wrong i don't know if there's anything we can do to stop it but yeah as an artist i feel strongly that It's going to be difficult, I think, for us in the future. But at the same time, I feel confident that we don't just bring, you know, we don't just do visuals. We don't just do images. We bring value to the clients that we have by understanding their needs, by responding to their briefs in a certain amount of time, and by responding with things that are creative and made by a human. So I think there will always be a place for us. Like We're not going to be deleted <laughs> instantly. So yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts about all that? It's really hard because I've discovered this account on Instagram that does, it's called like The Dome or something. And it does, it's all AI. And I'm still very confused about how they're doing it, but it's pretty amazing. It's like a whole universe that's a mix of Western descent and like loads of different bits and the visuals are pretty cool and I'm thinking yeah it's weird because it looks cool but you know you recognize bits of faces bits of stuff you're like oh that's very West Anderson that's very this that's very that and I see the value in it but yeah I also see the danger of 
taking people's work and not having you know it's just a bit weird it's I don't know it's I I can't wrap my mind around it it's like I think it's cool but also I'm like not happy that it's stealing things and especially when people were doing their faces you know there was this point where everybody started doing their portrait and you could clearly see all the in you know influences and inspirations and that they had taken from actual humans and artist work and I thought that was yeah really bad but yeah like you said I don't I don't see what we can do about it I mean it's just how things are evolving but yeah nobody can replace illustrators artists and thinkers and I'm not I'm not too worried about us in the sense that yeah we're not going anywhere and like you said it's more we're not just creative visuals so we'll be fine but I also see again that account I think it's pretty cool I'm like oh those visuals look cool uh what cracks me up though is that AI hasn't figured out how to do hands, which is so funny because illustrators and artists always complain about hands. Like they're really hard to draw for everyone, but everyone on that account always mocks it because people have like six fingers or like their hands look terrible or they're hidden. And I'm like, it's so funny that AI also struggles with hands. I don't anyway, so it cracks me up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's extremely funny because probably it doesn't have enough resources to really like look at hands like there's not a lot of uh, imagery with hands because people also artists uh, struggle with that so <laughs> the AI is simply mimicking the same struggles yeah but but there was this interesting lawsuit actually against uh, stability AI which is that uh, software that kind of merges the art um, so there is a lawsuit there are a couple of artists that got together with a lawyer and they're currently yet yeah, battling it so it's good to see like people taking action and yeah actually sort of um, bringing all the arguments to mm. kind of fight against it so it's, it's good to see that and yeah I, I don't like the way AI could be used sort of for evil so I, I saw this article by a really cool illustrator I for some reason now I can't remember the name but she was saying that AI was like people were using AI to sort of steal her style and use the same um, drawings to like make comics that were fascist and that were, you know, very like political. Um, and so her image got a bit destroyed because of that, because people were associating her style now suddenly with hate and like very political commentary. And it, it's it, it's hard, like it's really bad when it goes to that extreme. So yeah, I think, I think it's good to, to sort of fight against it and especially against these use cases where it can be very damaging against the artist. It's not just stealing, but it's actually damaging their image. Definitely. I feel like there would need to be some kind of agreement and, you know, people that are happy to lend their style. Well, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it needs to be more transparent as well on how it works because, again, I do not understand it really well. But, um, yeah, you've got really good points. I didn't think we were going to talk about AI, but here we are. It's always interesting to see where the conversation goes. There's something else I wanted to chat about. So the few client work that you've had, is there anything you struggled with that you wanted to, like, maybe change or something you've found hard? Yeah, I think uh, that would be sort of the first few emails that you get from a potential client. I, I really appreciate when the email contains sort of almost everything that you'd need to know to be able to price it correctly. Most of the time it doesn't contain anything. <laughs> like it's just, oh, I really love your work. I want to work with you. I don't know what I want to do, but <laughs> you know, it's very vague. I think that's probably also to do with the fact that maybe I'm not such an established illustrator. So uh, I think someone who has an agent as well probably filters out these emails from the get-go and they never really get to that stage where they discuss with, with a client that doesn't know exactly what they want or don't, doesn't even have a budget. So that's my main struggle at the moment because I want to 
be open and I want to be helpful. But sometimes it is, it's not even worth answering some of these emails because they're, they won't get anywhere and you're wasting your time. And um, for example, sometimes I have people asking me for a call and we haven't even discussed anything. So why would I spend my time, my effort, like getting ready for a potential call when I don't even know if this is going to happen? So I find, I don't know if it's just me <laughs> because I'm a bit more shy and I don't want to like, I, like the call is only when you know, things are really going into when it's actually useful because you're discussing maybe the ideas or the style. Or, but yeah, I feel like in the beginning, things should by email. It's not always so straightforward. I feel the same. I hate when they ask for a call on the first email and they've not told you anything about the project. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's a bit weird. Just tell me more first than, you know. But so, yeah, it's not just you. I think there's a lack of clarity when it comes to clients reaching out. But also it depends on the client. Bigger companies will know what to send. And yeah, like the best ones is like when they send you everything and the budget and everything. And you're like, cool. But yeah, and, and most of the times they do have a budget in mind, you know. So it's like sharing it from the start would just save us a couple of back and forths and us spending loads of time like trying to figure out the pricing. And for me, it's also the mental, like I put myself in the mental state that maybe this project is going to happen. So I, I block my time, like fictitious time and how much it's going to take and how am I going to handle everything. So it does put a lot of like pressure on, 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 on us to, to be prepared for the work coming and then it just disappears because it never um, materializes. So there's another struggle, which is the lack of kind of understanding of licensing and of how illustration is paid for. I think this is a big thing and I find myself always kind of explaining that. I think I should do a template and just like copy paste it because every time you have to sort of explain that you know you're not paying for the work and you own own it and it's yours and you can do whatever you want with it it's actually for a specific set of time for a specific purpose uh, and in a specific region and every time you have to educate the client about this and to be honest it's the only way that us illustrators can make a living it, the amount of work we and the time it takes for us to create an illustration is usually a lot and if you would uh, quote that without taking into account the usage um, that you wouldn't make a living I think mm -hmm. so licensing is usually more depending on the project but it's usually more money than the actual creation of the artwork it's really important it's taking into consideration what they're going to use the illustration for because if they're making tons of money printing beach bags with something that we've created on it you need to take that into account and that and that is is a lot of money but it, it's hard isn't it quoting is like the worst part of the job my last question was about the farm but we've talked about the farm so basically is there anything else that you've been dreaming about that's not related to farming and chickens and plants and goats. <laughs> oh, um, but related maybe to illustration or yeah, just I don't know. Is there any yeah any big dreams and goals you have? I don't know. I feel like for the moment I've set myself some goals that are achievable but still kind of high up there like to be able to to move to a different country and be able to live there and be a freelancer there so I have these sort of goals that I want to achieve and they're up there I'm working towards them and I think you know once you reach that point if you do if you are successful in reaching that point at that point you will set up like even bigger dreams and and see where you go from there but yeah at the moment I feel like I can't really like go too far I want it to be like more manageable more, more like in the near future and tactile so that I can feel like I can get there but yeah definitely like as I mentioned before in terms of illustration I feel like that that's uh, where maybe I don't have any limits I feel like you know it could be that I want to work with like a super big brand and have my stuff on big ads like that that would be probably a really cool thing to see but also having 
these sort of more exhibition style, more smaller, like artistic projects. It's pretty, pretty cool. I found that they give you a lot more freedom so you can do what you want and uh, yeah, really experiment. And they, they bring you a bit closer to the art world, which is very interesting, a whole different thing. But I also admit that I'm attracted to that part as well. Like at the moment, I have a canvas next to me. So I started painting uh, with acrylics and I want to see where that goes, what I can do with it. So lots of things to do. I'm super excited. Oh, I can't wait to uh, see pictures of you in Greece with, you know, a trestle and a painting there and the sea at the back and goats running around. I mean, it's going to be the dream life. Oh my God, the goats will definitely be the star of the show. <laughs> I think goats are great. Then you can make goat cheese. You can have goat milk. I mean, first you get goat milk and then you make the goat cheese. All this stuff. You're not going to have time to draw. You're just going to be making cheese and baking omelettes with your own eggs and, I don't know, eating tomatoes. They've had the best veggies in Greece, like the best tomatoes. They taste amazing. Nothing compared to what you would buy in a supermarket here. So oh, yeah, no, no, they're not real tomatoes. Okay, well, I will be visiting when your house is ready. I'll just come and, I don't know, just be walking around and taking in the view anyway that yes, sounds please. so I mean, lovely <laughs> maybe i'll have some sort of art residency or like a studio or creatives can come and, and do like a, a week in greece creating and also seeing the the sights and the sea that'd be amazing be cool. maybe we'll do something with mimi it'll be like a mimi retreat because people have been asking me about the retreats there you go Everybody, this is Newsflash. In like three, four years, I don't know. We'll do one in Greece with Anna and I'll be amazing. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, 100% up for that. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you want to know more about Mimi, then head out to mimiforcreatives.com and make sure to check the show notes for more details about our guest. I'll see you soon.